Hello and welcome to another episode of Daf Shui, Weekly Daf. Give me 40 minutes or so and I'll give you a daf or so. This week in a series of weeks that have been challenging, this week was, was, was a week. An attempted coup instigated by the president himself, an attempted insurrection overthrow by the president himself, who of course, in his cowardice, said we're all going to go over to the capital, and then he went away and let his followers, his minions, his hooligans and thugs, his brown shirts, go to the capital, break down the door, or have the door opened for them at times. It was an assault on the symbol of one of the central ideals of this country. Democracy is sacred as it enshrines the notion that it is the voice of the people, all people, which is the voice of God, as all people are created in the image of God, then the assault on democracy is a desecration, an assault on the image of God. Okay, let's, uh, let's get back. Let's, uh, let's take some, uh, this was a week, and uh, let's take... Let's take some refuge in Ohalashel Torah, in the tent of Torah study. We are on 51b, about four lines from the bottom. It's no Rabbanan. Um, in the layout that was finally set by the widow and the brothers Ram in Vilna, low these 150 years ago. Okay. We're talking about people who can sell um, and whose chazakah we believe, whose agreements we believe. It's Narabadan. A text, we have a text that teaches the following. Ein mekablin piktonot lomen hanashim vlomen avadim vlomen atinokot. One does not accept surety from, in other words, in, in, in exchange for a loan. Um, if I'm borrowing $5 from you. I'll give you my pocket juice extra battery, external battery, which I walk around with, and I will give that to you as a surety that I will pay back the $5. So that's called a picadon, something that I am going to be mafkid, something that I leave with you. So one does not, should not. Now the question is here, usually ain just uh, in in uh, present tense is usually signals a one should not one is it's forbidden to but here it doesn't because as we'll see from the from the from the continuation of this brighter ain one does one should not accept a surety from women from slaves from enslaved people or from babies if one accepted a surety from a woman, then one should return it to the woman. And if the woman died, should return it to her husband. If he accepted it from an enslaved person, he should return it to the, to the enslaved person. And if the enslaved person died, should return it to the master. Um, the owner, as it were. Kibel menakatan, if one received it from a minor, at first, the, in, in the first line, the, the word the, the word was tinok, 
Though Katan makes more sense, you know, being a baby, Katan, a minor, who could have stuff. Uh, if one accepted a surety from a minor, Yaselo Skula, one shouldn't return it to the minor, but should rather take the money, take the worth, take its value, and put it in something. So they're going to ask in a minute, what is that? Skula, literally uh, like a treasure. Um, so what is going, one should, with that, buy something so that the it's there. And if the miner dies, then one should return it to the heirs of the miner, those who are inheriting from the miner. And anybody who says at the time they die, hain, meaning pointing at that thing which was left as a surety, that belongs to somebody, or that is a surety which should be returned. So one has to follow their instructions. Vimlav or Ikadamri, actually the, the all the manuscripts say Ikadamri, Ikadamri, Perush And there are those who say that you don't have to follow their instructions, but you should interpret their instructions. Okay, so so what's going on here? It seems that the principle is that you can't accept a Picadon from anyone whose Masayadaim, whose profitable labor belongs to someone else, since the assumption is that the picadon itself, the surety, was stolen from that person, right? So that gives us some insight into how the rabbis are understanding the economic structure of society, right? So a woman's, a, a woman's Masayadaim belonged to her husband, an enslaved person's Masayadaim belonged to his master. And same thing with an with a katan. A katan's masayadayim belongs to um, the father, right? So it's uh, it's masayadayim, and it's also the mitziah. If you find a lost object, it follows after the same thing. So one cannot accept a picadon, a surety from somebody whose found objects or whose economic production does not belong to them, but belongs to someone else. Because we assume then that this object that is being deposited uh, is not actually theirs, but was stolen from the person who also owns their economic production. Okay. Debitu de Rabba Barbarchana, Kika Shachva, Amra Hani Kifi de Marta Uvne Barta. Now, this is an example of this last line of somebody dies, they point at an object and they say that, and assumedly they say that belongs to X or Y. The daughter, or the, the wife, I'm sorry, the Bitu, the wife of Rabbi Barachana, when she died, said these, these earrings belong to Marta and the sons of her daughter. Okay, so in other words, Marta and her, 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 her descendants, or his descendants. The Rashbam uh, says that Marta is the name of a sage. Shem Achiv Chacham Achiv Marta ve'ebu v'tana Right, it's a, it's a sage uh, who is the brother of Rabbi Chia. But we also know that Marta Bat Baitus was a rich woman. So it's not clear if and uh, whether Marta is a woman's name or a man's name. It doesn't give us any any um, insight because it just says, Hanikife de Marta, right? Just these belong to Marta. So, assumedly, it belongs to a woman. Now, it could be that Rajbam is uncomfortable with the fact that 
uh, a woman owns things that uh, are in the hands of another woman, who knows? But that's an example of of uh, a, a statement like that. So then when that happened, when Marta, when uh, when uh, Rabbi Barakana's wife died and said that, so then Rabbi Barakana had to figure out what to do. So he went to Rav. Amralei, um, Rav said to him, If you trust her, in other words, if you trust your wife, that is. And if you don't trust her, then you make up your own. You you should interpret what's going on in your your own way. The ikadamri, and there are those who say hachi This is what he said. If she is wealthy enough that having this, uh, that she would have this kind of thing or that the person, this other person, uh, Marta, would have these kinds of earrings, then follow her, her lead, follow it, her instructions. And if not, then uh, you use your own judgment to figure out what's going on with, with who, who those uh, earrings belong to. So the idea is that if somebody, if somebody has left a surety, uh, a picadon, in somebody else's hand... If Reuven left a surety in Shimon's hand and then Shimon dies, so the assumption is that everything uh, from the outside is that everything in Shimon's house belongs to Shimon. But here we have something that doesn't belong to Shimon. But how do we know? Okay, and especially when you have a case of these people who's, um, who, who don't usually have their own things, their own objects. All right, now the, now the Gemara asks, Mina goes back to Mina Katanya, if one gets an object, a, a, a surety from a minor, should make a skula with it. You should put it aside in some way. So my skula, the Stam asks, what does that mean? That's skula. Rav Chista mar Sefer Torah. Rav Chista says you should buy a Sefer Torah with it. So then it's in the Beit Knesset. Um, everybody knows where it is. And, and then there's no doubt about who it belongs to. Rabba Barav Hunamar Dikla Achalmine Tamri. So no, you should buy a date palm with it so that you can eat um the dates of that palm or that the, the, the youngin could eat the dates of the palm um and, and everybody and it's it's obvious it exists in the world. All right. So now the Gemara is going to further on. We just finished off the first two lines of the Mishnah. Yay! Only, what is it, 10 dapim ago. Okay. So now we're going to go on to the next line of the Mishnah. And neither the father can is not allowed to claim a chazakah, an ownership, on the assets of the son, nor the son on the assets of the father. Right? That's our whole discussion up until now. Again, who cannot claim assets? claim a chazakah on somebody else's assets because those assets, they have a right to consume the usufruct of those assets, to use those assets and use the produce that they make. And so that use of the produce cannot be shown as a proof to claim ownership over the asset. Okay. Not, not the father can't claim a chazakah on assets of the son or estate of the son. And the son cannot on the father. Amar of Yosef, afilu chalkus. Rabbi Yosef brings this one step further. Even if they went their separate ways, right? They, the son left the father's house, or the father uh, abandoned the son. That would seem to ask, and we had that a few dapim ago, 
um, in questions of shutafim, of partners, in questions of father and son, they go their separate ways. Does that mean that they no longer have this investment, so therefore they should not be judged like normal people, but as an extraordinary case? Rava Marchalkula. Rava says, actually, in a case where they separate, there the father and son can claim chazakah on each other's uh, assets. Right? In other words, if there is a formal separation where the father kicks the son out of the house, or the father leaves the house, and they're going, everybody knows they're going their own ways, and then one makes a claim of a chazakah on the other's property. So Ra, Rava says that that's okay. Amar Rabbi Yirmiya Midifte Avad Rav Papi Uvda Chalku Lo Kirava. So Rabbi Yirmiya of Difte uh, said that Rav Papi decided the law according to Rava's, the way the Rava held, which means that if they split up, they are not considered extraordinary, and they're just like all other people. Amar of Nachman bar Yitzchak, Rav Nachman Yitzchak, piling on, says, Ishtayli Rabbi Chia mehurmiz Ardashid. He said, Rabbi Chia from Hurmiz Ardashid told me, Dishtaylei Rabachar Yaakov, that Rabachar Yaakov told him, Mishmed Rav Nachman Yaakov, in the name of Rav Nachman Yaakov, Chalkulo, that that's halacha, that if they split up, then they are no longer considered, this halacha no longer applies to them. Vilchita Chalkulo, and the halacha is if they split up, then they are Kishar Bnei Adam. They are like every other person in relationship to each other. Um, and so therefore, the special status of the father and son has only to do with the fact that the father has to support the son or the son has assets but only relation to the father. So therefore, we assume that there is no way for them to, that this when they claim a chazakah one or the other, it's not actually a chazakah because they had access to the the produce of the land for other reasons. Tani Namiachi, we also have a brayta ben shechalak v'ishtoshnit adam, a son who leaves and a wife who was divorced, they are like all people, meaning in relation to the husband or the father, they also can make a claim of chazakah on land. This week's episode is brought to you by MSU, the only app you really need. Have you ever been in a situation where you were in an argument and painted yourself into a corner because you didn't really know anything about the relationship between sports and economics, or whether Bratwurst really had toxic plastic bits in it, but on the other hand, you would win that argument if you could only pull out that fact and state it with the certainty of a mediocre white guy. Well, now we have the perfect solution. It's the MSU app on your phone or off. Need a fact? The factoid? An alternative fact? Just reach for the MSU when you have to make stuff up. Itmar. So now we're quoting a, a text uh, which will enter into this argument. Echad min ha'achim shayano sevenoten betoch habayit. Vayu onot ushtarot yotzin al shmo. So there were brothers. And they would uh, do business inside, within the house. And they're all living together. They would all do, they would all conduct business. And there were types of, different types of contracts that went out on this one brother, Achad Menachin, one of these brothers. Right? And there were, he say, he wrote contracts on his name. Uh, he bought stuff, he owed stuff, he took loans, he lent money. Vamar Shalihem Shinafluli Mibet Avi Ima. He said, you know what? The money in these contracts, the money in these deeds that people owe me, is from money that came to me from 
my mother's father. Now, why is it Dafka my mother's father? Because, um, and the Rashbam says that actually my mother, who's the brothers, were not from the same mother. I remember, people can have more than one wife. Polygyny is, is okay in rabbinic law. So therefore, my mother's father is not related to you guys, even though we're sitting in the same house, but I have this own private um, uh, stash of, 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 of money. So what do we do in that situation? Because they're all seemingly in the same place, and one could make the claim to each other, what do you do? Why do you have more money than us? Where does that money come from? And he says, well, it's mine, because it came from my mother's father. Amarav, alav, lahaviraya. So Rav says, actually, if he's challenged... He, the brother who's making the, the business, who's making the deals, who's signing the, the contracts, has to bring proof that actually it is his money from his mother's father. And Shmuel says that the brothers actually have to bring proof that he's dealing with their, all, their, their mutual money or the money that they hold in common. So Shmuel says Abba, which is another name, which is another one, a name for Rav. So Rav admits to me, admitted to me, conceded to me that if the brother, that if the brother dies, so then the other brothers have to bring proof in order to make a claim to that money as their inheritance. Because if that money was actually his from another source, so then it does not fall to be evenly divided amongst the brothers. But if not, it does. Makifla Rav Papa, so Rav Papa attacked. Right? Rav Papa challenged this, saying, "Klum taninan laho liyatme midi delotan laho avuon." Would we? Make a claim for orphans, and orphans are not necessarily only youngins, but do we make a claim for orphans which their father wouldn't make? Baha Rava Apik Zuga de Sarbala Vesafra Dagarata Miyatmi Bala And Rava did not Rava remove, and now Zuga de Sarbala can mean one of two things. Zug sometimes means a pair, meaning scissors. Right, a pair of knives. And so the Rashbam understands Zuga as scissors. So therefore, Zuga de Sarbala is scissors which cut the cloth which makes up this jacket, which is called a Sarbal. Benon Gershom understands Zuga de Sarbala. Actually, Zuga is modifying Sarbala. It's not its own noun. So it is a uh, a, a double jacket, right? It's a type of, it's a Type of Mictoran, a type of jacket which is called a double jacket. All right. So uh, Ra- Rava apparently removed this Zuga de Sarbala and a book of Agadah from orphans without a proof. So therefore, apparently, uh, it means that uh, uh, Shmuel was right that you don't have to bring a that the the. The the orphan doesn't have to bring a proof. The the brothers have to bring a proof that we would um, make a claim that his father would make. But very much So that's different. So what Rav is doing is taking something that actually people would lend and borrow a, a jacket, right? So therefore, what Rav is saying is no. That's obvious that that's lent or borrowed. But when we're talking about Assets that you're dealing in, or money that you're dealing in, which is an onot and shtarot. The important thing about onot and shtarot is that they're not things like 
Um, they're not. They're. They're not. They. They have no materiality. They're just a star. They're not the money itself, as opposed to the zuga de sarbala, these kind of objects, which are an actual thing. So, and those are things which are movable, right? So that's why they're different. They're movable. They one normally lends and borrows these things. So therefore, um, one when when somebody dies, somebody can take them away from them because they're not like land which is a, a, a real thing that you have to bring proof about. Kiddushalach, so this is like uh, uh, Rav Huna bar Avin sent a, a, a halachic decision. Uh, so uh, things that one normally borrows them or rents them, and one says they are they were they were bought by me. I acquired them is not believed, right? Um, so therefore, this this backs up Rava's point that only things things that one normally rents or borrows you can't make a claim. Just like you can't one of those things that you can't make a claim on because these things are fungible. They move from one place to another. Kasha. So therefore, it is a question on Shmuel. So Rebchista says, we're only talking about a case, this whole thing about the one brother who would, everybody lived together and, the one, and one brother would make his own deals. Um, that's only a case where they are eating from the same pot as it were. Literally, that they are not divided in their dough, B'Satan, right? So, but if they are divided, if they have already very specific areas of monetary um, of wealth or of, of, of land or whatever it is um, that's specified and differentiated between the brothers, then you just say toki mates. So he took out of his own dough, right? So so then, if he took from his own dough, so then uh, you have no claim against him because it was his to, to, to start with. So this Brita, Echad Merachin, is only talking about a case where they are not, where they are using a common uh, monetary pot, as it were. All right. So now the Gemara says, when Rav says, Alav lavi raya, or Shmuel says, Alachin lavi raya, either he has to bring a proof that that money was his, or Shmuel says that the brothers have to bring proof that it wasn't his. So the Stam now asks, Raya b'mai, what's, what's, what's this proof? Rabba amar raya be'edim. So Rabba says it is proof by witnesses, by way of witnesses. Rav Sheshet amar raya be'kiyumashtar. Rav Sheshet says that it is a proof by way of upholding the contract, meaning uh, bring witnesses to the signature of the contract or some other way upholding the contract. So the Rajbam says that the question, Raya is only directed to Rav, since Shmuel says that the brothers have to bring proof, and their proof is intended to undermine the Shtarot Va'onot, and therefore it is not itself a Shtar. Right? So therefore, what Shmuel is saying, it's not a real star that they have to bring, but rather they have to bring a something else, like a, a, an anti-proof, a proof against, a counter-proof. Okay? Um, uh, that's the way the Rashbam is reading this Raya B'mai. The one could also read it that it is uh, asked about Shmuel, that uh, Shmuel says you have to bring proof that this guy is not is dealing with other people's money. Okay, Amalei Rabbah, and that's the way the Me'iri reads it. 
Amalei Rabba the Rav Nachman's Rabba said to Rav Nachman, Harav Hashmuel, Harabba Harav Sheshet. So we have these two machlokot, Rav and Shmuel, who says uh, he has to bring proof, and Shmuel says the brothers has to bring proof. We have Rabba and Rav Sheshet, who says that proof means witnesses, or proof means upholding the the, the deed. Mar Kaman Svirlei. So who you, who do you, Rav Nachman, agree with? Who do you hold like? Amalei Anamatznita Yadana. So Rav Nachman takes kind of the easy way out, as it were, and says, I know the Mishnah. The Tanya, the Brita. The Tanya, because it says in the Brita, One of the brothers was dealing from within the house. And there were these different types of contracts that were being written on his name, that were going out on his name. And he said, they are mine. Because they came from my mother's father's house. I love, love, So that person, so he has to bring proof, right? That goes according to Rav. And also a wife who is making her own uh, business uh, contracts or deal, deals inside the house, and she produces contracts, different types of contracts, which go out under her name, and she says, these are, I am only dealing from my money, because it's money that came from my father's father, or from my, my mother's father, she has to bring proof to that. My v'chein. So the Gemara then asks, the Stam asks, what does this mean, v'chein? Why does it distinguish a wife from the brothers to say that v'chein, and even in the case of the wife? Ma'odetem, uh, of course, what would you have thought? Isha came in the Shabicha le'milta de Amri katarche kameyatmi la gazla meyatmi. Since a woman is praised for taking care of for the work that she does with the orphans, she's not going to steal from the orphans. Kamash Milan, so we would have thought that she doesn't have to bring any kind of proof. Kamash Milan, no, she has to bring some proof. Now, what's interesting here is because this idea of Katarcha Kamayatmi, this idea that she works for the orphans, is actually used against the woman in some other places, where, in, especially in Gittin, I'm thinking of, or in Ketubot, where that is used as a an argument to say that she would steal from the house, she would take money from the the, the estate, thinking that she deserved it because she she worked here as that's the maldetema uh, as opposed to the kamashmalan, or even as a statement here saying the opposite that since she gets so much praise for her work with the orphans then uh, we would have thought that she, there's no way that she'll steal from them. So therefore, it also has to say, even a woman who does business from within the house, she too has to bring a proof. Okay, we're going to stop here. It's now here when I'm recording this before Shabbos. Shabbat Shmot, a new beginning. Let's hope that this coming week is a week of peace um, and that we get back to the business of establishing a real multi-faith, multi-racial democracy. Yeah. So, Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for, for being with me these this past 40 minutes or so. Uh, my name is Aryeh Cohen. You can 
follow me on Twitter at Irmiklat, I-R-M-I-K-L-A-T. As usual, as always, my deepest gratitude to my producer, Eli Unger-Sargon, and you should check out his podcast, Four Cubits, with Jeff Helmreich. Also want to thank my Charuta Charlotte van Robert and my communications team, Shachar Cohen Hodas, the Dafshui communications team who made the wonderful Dafshui logo. Please send any feedback, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to me at thewidowandthebrothers at gmail.com and or rate this podcast on the podcast page and add a comment there. Thank you so much, and see you next week in the Bateman Josh in the Closet.